Hey, welcome into another episode of Not Your Normal Podcast brought to you by iFilm Cinemas, cinema for everyone. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. As you all know, just like uh, the, I believe it was the Friday episode, Kyler is gone. He is on dad duty. Um, he actually tried to um, call me for this episode, actually, to, you know, to come back a little early, but things did not work out. So most likely he'll be back on the Friday episode. And if not the Friday episode, for sure, the Halloween episode on Saturday. But uh, I was talking to Kyler and he said he liked my episode, you know, that I did by myself last week, you know, a lot. So I figured, why not go two in a row, right? Um, I think I covered it on that episode. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, the UFC, UFC 254 was on Saturday, this past Saturday, and it went exactly how I thought it would. I did not expect Jared Cannonier to uh, lose to Robert Whitaker. I thought for sure Jared Cannonier would beat Robert Whitaker and move into that number one contender spot to fight Israel Adesanya for the UFC middleweight belt. But it looks like that might be Robert the Reaper or Bobby Knuckles uh, Whitaker in a rematch uh, against Israel Adesanya. Izzy actually took the belt from Robert Whitaker, so that might be a good fight or it might play out the exact same way that it did last time with you know Israel Adesanya finishing him in the second round. Basically the first round he knocked him clean on his on his cheeks after at the end of the first round, but you never know. It's a rematch. It's the UFC. Anything could happen. And then on to the main event, um, Habib Nurmagomedov versus Justin Gaethje. Um, the fight actually lasted a lot, uh, a lot quicker. It it didn't go as long as I thought it would. I thought for sure it'd be a, you know, a little more of a war than what it was. I thought it was a late third, maybe er, you know, late fourth stoppage by Habib, like submission. Um, but no, he got it done uh, middle of the second round. So, congrats to Habib. He was twenty nine and zero. What I did not expect coming was him to retire at the uh, at the end of it. Um, he, you know, uh, his father passed away earlier this year. Um, he said in his post-fight interview in the Octagon that he told his mom that he wasn't going to fight without his dad here, which, you know, makes 100%, uh, you know, it makes 100% s- uh, sense. You know, his dad's always been there in every, basically in his corner, even though he wasn't in his physical corner every single time. He's always been there, you know, in his, in Habib's corner for every single one of his pro matches, all 28 of them, and then this one was 29. It was the first one without him. And you could sort of see it on his face that he just wasn't, I'm trying to think of what to say. He just wasn't, you know, himself, which, you know, makes sense. He didn't lose his father too long ago. You know, it's happened within the last three months. And, you know, he's been there for him the whole time. And then you got to go out and you got to, you know, perform on this excellent, this excellent level, which you've done for 28 other matches. And I can understand how that was hard on him. But uh, hats off to Habib. Um, you know, he did something in the UFC that is basically unheard of. You know, he's 29-0. and 0. Um, I was expecting him to go for 30-0 and 0, with his 30th fight being a super fight between him and George St. Pierre to sort of prove, like, who's the, who's the GOAT. Um, but it does not look like we're going to get that. I take Habib for what he says and as a man of his word. 
Um, I don't believe we see Habib Nurmagomedov in the UFC anytime ever again. I believe he, you know, he's made a, he's made a name for himself. He, you can't, you can't mention, you can't talk about the story of the UFC without Habib's name. Uh, he's, you know, he's written his legacy and he did something that is unheard of in the world of basically in the world of fighting, especially mixed martial arts undefeated, never, you know, he's only lost like one round in the UFC, let alone, you know, he's never lost a fight, but only one round. It's crazy. So once again, hats off to Habib, uh, 29 and 0. Right off into the sunset and made tons and tons and tons of money and probably still wake, make tons and tons and tons of money for his family and his future generations. So congratulations, Habib Nurmagomedov. You are now a legend in the sport of UFC. Right up there. I believe he's up there in the Mount Rushmore with the John Jones and the, you know, the Hoist Gracies and of them, of the, the mixed martial arts world. So once again, congrats to Habib Nurmagomedov. Um, I believe I didn't plan on this to be such a sports heavy podcast. Um, one second, I'm looking at the MLB thing, the MLB world series right now. Let's see here. I believe the Dodgers are up. In the series three to two. Yeah, they are. The Dodgers are up in the series three to two. Uh tonight being Tuesday is game uh is game six. Um hopefully the Dodgers can pull it off. I'd like to see the Dodgers win. I'm a big Clayton Kershaw fan. Um to be honest, they should probably be up three one. And going into game five, they should have tonight's, well, not tonight's, but the last game, game five, should have been the closeout game for them. They sort of gave up the game against the the Tampa Bay Rays in uh, in the last game. But everyone makes mistakes. You can't can't go back and rewrite it now. You got to you gotta close it out in this next one. Um, I'm really looking forward to watching that game. I hope the Dodgers pull it out. I'd like to see Mookie Betts get himself a chip. Also, Clayton Kershaw, especially after the controversy a couple years ago against the Houston Astros and their whole cheating scandal. Um, Clayton Kershaw is a Texas kid, so he sort of got a root for him. Um, Mookie, uh, Mookie Betts, I'm a fan. So, and I'm just an LA teams fan. I've always been. I've been a Lakers fan since I was a child. Uh, you know what? I'll touch on that for a second. Going back to the to the whole Lakers championship this year, I was sort of torn in between. You know, sorry, that was me moving, getting adjusted in my seat. Going back to the the Lakers championship this year, I was sort of torn between, um, you know, if who I wanted to win between the Lakers and the Miami Heat, because I love Jimmy Butler. I like how that team's, you know, that team is just a mean team. That team is full of just. When you think of the Miami Heat, Miami Heat. Now you think of Jimmy Butler as a superstar, but at the time he was just a, you know, he's an all-star caliber player, but he's been bounced around from a couple teams the past couple years because of a quote-unquote attitude problem. And he finally found a situation in Miami that, you know, he's got a bunch of young, talented people under him in, in Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and a couple of people to go along with him, Kelly Olenek, uh, Goran Dragic, 
uh, Jay Crowder. They all fit that mentality of like the, you know, the sort of the, you know, the, the reference I have is the Detroit Piston bad boys in the Michael Jordan era of the game. They all sort of fit that mentality and that attitude. So I'd, I would have loved to see him and that team win. But at the same time, I would love to, I wanted to see the Lakers succeed because of Kobe Bryant passing away earlier this year. Kobe Bryant's my favorite athlete of all time, as I said in the last episode. But, you know, the cliche thing is you're either a Kobe fan or a LeBron fan. There's no in-between. And I'm a Kobe fan through and through. And I knew making, you know, if LeBron gets this chip that makes him, you know, one one ring closer Pat, to getting to Kobe's level of rings, which is sort of a selfish attitude, but at the same time, it's the it's the arguments that come along with who's better, LeBron James or Kobe Bryant. And I'm just not really down for those arguments. I'm always going to think Kobe Bryant's better because that's who I grew up watching. And everyone that's a little bit younger than me are going to say LeBron James because that's who they grew up watching. Um, we actually had this debate the other day at the gym on who's the the greatest basketball player of all time. And, of course, a lot of people say Michael. Some people say Kobe. Some people say LeBron. I told him I, by you know by, by personal preference, I'm going to say Kobe Bryant. But in in reality, I don't think there is a, a, designated goat. I think there's goats of eras, if that makes any sense. So like I want to say the. You know, 2000 to 2010, that's the Kobe Bryant, era, that dude. You know, 81 point game, five games are scoring 60 points or more. Five championships, you know, eighteen all star, eighteen all star appearances. You know, he's the let. You know, it's Kobe Bryant. You, there's not much you can say to discredit him. Then comes LeBron James in 2010. You know, after the Kobe Bryant championship, you got 2011. The Mavericks. You know, they beat the Heat. But after that, it was LeBron James and the Heat for years. And then you, you see Golden State come along with their dynasty, and then LeBron James sneaks one in there, and then comes to LA this 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 year this past season and gets him a chip there that's four rings and you know that's four rings in 10 years which is very similar to Kobe Bryant's you know five rings in 10 years so but that's just that's just my opinion on it I don't really I was I was going to be glad to see either team win either way I thought how the Lakers you know won you know they won the world they won a world championship the year Kobe Bryant died who's the greatest Laker of all time, very poetic, very storybook ending to a season, especially the way the season, you know, gets canceled because of coronavirus. No one knows what's going to happen. The bubble bubble takes place. The Clippers are, you know, apparently everyone thinks the Clippers are, you know, the the next thing up, the next, the next, they're the dynasty. They're the, they're the LeBron stoppers. They're they're the, the defensive prowess of the NBA. They get bounced by the Denver Nuggets, which was very funny to me. But, oh, well, LeBron James, congratulations. The Lakers, congratulations once again. Um, I don't think I have any other more any other sports topics to talk about, really. Um, I saw that, uh, what is it, um, who's, um, the next UFC, I believe it's the next, I think it's this next weekend or the weekend after that, uh, Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva. 
that'll be pretty cool. I think I, I like that fight. I'll probably watch it. It's not a pay-per-view or anything, but that's a fight I'll watch. It's an interesting fight to me. Um, what is interesting is this, that UFC lightweight division now, because if Habib sticks to his word and he retires, that makes the belt vacant. And there's a lot of contenders up there being Dustin Poirier, Tony Ferguson, Conor McGregor, and of course, Justin Gagey, who just fought for it. So if I had to guess, the only thing that makes honestly really any sense to me is to have Justin Gaethje fight the winner of Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor to for the belt. Whoever wins the the Justin, I mean the Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor fight in January, they earn the number one contender the the number one contender spot, and they fight for you know, the UFC lightweight championship against Justin Gaethje because he was obviously the interim champ going into the fight on Saturday against Habib and he lost, but now it's vacant. So he's still the number, technically the number one contender and whoever, you know, the Dustin, Dustin Connor fight makes them the number two contender, which makes perfect sense for them to fight for the belt as well. Another interesting thing I'm looking forward to, Here's one. I think me and Kyler touched on it a little bit a couple months ago whenever they were, you know, jawing back and forth at each other was Israel Adesanya versus John Jones in 2021. I think I remember watching a video where Dana said he liked that fight. Um, I know a lot of people that don't like that fight, but I think it's a great fight. I think it's a great fight for Israel Adesanya, and I think it's a terrible fight for John Jones. Uh, John Jones being... You know, he his last fight was against Dominic Reyes. Uh, Dominic Reyes, when you go back and watch that fight, I don't care what anyone says, when you watch that fight, if you were to watch that fight, and because it, it went all five rounds, if you were to watch that fight and stop it before they got to the, you know, to the decision, I want to say eight out of ten people would say, oh, Dominic Reyes won that fight. But Kyler has a saying where champs never lose a decision. And I think he's right. They gave that decision to John Jones, and it sort of proved Kyler's point, which was champs, they don't lose decisions. Because if it goes to a decision, that means it's close enough to go either way. And most of the time, nine times out of ten, they're going to give that decision to the champ to not cause an uproar in the in the sport. I think Israel Adesanya against John Jones is a great fight for Israel Adesanya. I mean, yeah, he has to go up and wait, but he's a big middleweight. He's a he's six four. He's lengthy. He's big. He's big for that division. Um, and John Jones is. I mean, he's a big light heavyweight at two hundred five. But he's also six four. Very similar build of Israel Adesanya. I can see Izzy putting on some weight and just making that twenty pound difference and not you know not feeling any. Not feeling any you know drag or. And he's slow in his speed and his striking, his brain's still going to work the same. In that fight, I think Izzy doesn't have anything to lose. John Jones has everything to lose in that because John Jones, the, the goat of the UFC, the greatest of all time, so dominant over such a long time, so untouchable. And the fact that in his early fights, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't even close. He was, he can, he can strike with you standing up. He can. He can wrestle with you. He can grapple with you. He can clinch with you. He can finish you on the ground. He'll finish you up top. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have any holes in his game. Israel Adesanya is a 
probably one of the best strikers the UFC has ever seen, and no one can really take him to the ground. So it would be very interesting to me to see how that fight goes because, say if John Jones and Israel Adesanya fight in like February or whatever, not going to happen, but say they do. Israel Adesanya has nothing to lose in that fight because, one, if he goes up and he, he goes up, say he goes up to 205 and he fights John Jones and he loses. Well, now he had the balls to put on weight and go up and challenge the GOAT. Of course, and he lost. He still gets credit for, you know, having the, being so brave to do so and challenge something, that, do something that's never been done before and challenging John Jones and going up a class. And on the, the reverse side of that, if he wins, you have to sort of consider him in the in the greatest of all time conversation too. Undefeated, 20-0 if he, if he beats John Jones, 21-0. And he beat who a lot of people think is the GOAT. He has nothing to lose in that fight. John Jones, on the reverse hand, has everything to lose. If he wins the fight, well, of course he won the fight. You're supposed to win. Yeah, it's a win, but it's sort of like a, a win with an asterisk next to his name because it's Israel Adesanya. He's only had 10 fights in the UFC. He's a smaller guy. Of course, you're, you're supposed to win that fight. If John Jones loses, he lost to a dude that's smaller. You know, the guy that's taking all of his shine. He he lost. He's not. He lost to somebody who he wasn't supposed to lose to. I think that fight's very intriguing. I would love to see that fight. I know tons of people that are John Jones fans. I, I'm a John Jones fan in inside the octagon. Outside of it, I think he's sort of a douchebag and sort of a crappy human. Uh, I know he's trying to get his life back together and stuff like that. But for the most part, for the things he does outside of the octagon, I'm not a big fan of. But as soon as he's in the octagon, you can't help. It's sort of like my LeBron James thing. I don't think of that. I don't think that way of LeBron James. I think LeBron James is a is a great human outside of it, but I'm not a LeBron James fan. I respect everything LeBron James does on the court. You can't argue it. You can't, you know, dispute his greatness, but I'm just not a LeBron fan. Same thing goes for John Jones. I'm not a John Jones fan, but I won't dispute his greatness when you watch him fight. Israel Adesanya might be one of my favorite if he he if he's not my favorite fighter, he's one of my favorite fighters. I think he is a he's a he's the right balance of showman and technical technical ability when it comes to fighting in the octagon. I think it's a perfect mix. I would love to see that fight. If I, that fight happens next year, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know not technically bet money, but if I were to if I were a betting person, I put my money on Israel Adesanya just because of his people have started to figure out John Jones. I think that's a big reason why he hasn't been so active as of recent. And the fact that I know he's thinking about moving up to heavyweight, which I think is a great move. I think he runs through that heavyweight division, except for maybe Francis Ngannou, because if you get touched by that man, your soul leaves your body. It's just a fact. You get touched by Francis Ngannou, you're not the same. Um, but I think John Jones runs through Stipe, not easily, of course, because they're all huge compared to John Jones. But I think John Jones wins that division easy. I would, I hope that he, the first fight in 2021 for John Jones is the, is the, uh, the Israel Adesanya fight. And if it's not, 
I hope John Jones comes back to fight Jan Blachowicz, who just won the vacant light heavyweight belt a couple couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago against Dominic Reyes. I hope John Jones comes back, beats him, and then fights Izzy for the light heavyweight belt. Hopefully, maybe Izzy becomes a, a champ champ and writes his name in history books. You know, that way again, that'd be cool. That's what I would prefer to see happen. But that's just me. That's just me. How much time is left? Ugh. I got a minute. Who's my... Um, let's see here. So, um... I did this last week where I sort of talked about something more serious. You know, last, last week whenever I did this, I covered anxiety and depression and all that stuff. This week for my, my seriousness, my serious segment, uh... I sort of want to cover like, <laughs> it's sort of, I think I touched on it last week, but not as much as I would like to, the always working attitude. I think that um, there's a, well, I'm trying to, the word I'm looking for, there's a, a like a, a lack of, of taking things serious nowadays uh which you know comes from the culture that we live in nowadays which is overnight success everyone wants to wants that overnight success type type thing and that just doesn't always happen it happens to some people and kudos to them but for the most part people that i think it's a city i think it's a steve harvey quote i'm pretty sure he said, rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. That's a third of your life. You can't sleep eight hours a day and be rich. It's, you know, you live in California and you wake up at 8 a.m. It's 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock over on the East Coast. People have been trading your stocks and your money for, you know, four to three hours now. You can't sleep eight hours a day and be rich. That's a third of your life. And I heard that years and years ago. And I sort of, if you ask anybody I know, I sort of took that to, not that, I didn't tell them that I took that to heart, but for the most part, if you ask anyone I know, I'm a, I thoroughly believe, I don't sleep eight hours a night, I try my best to get four or five, but I get up every morning around the same time, you know, six, seven, and I do podcast stuff, because that right, as at, at the moment, that's what me and Kyler are sort of put our eggs in in a basket on is this podcast and which at the moment we've been doing it for about a year now, it's done pretty well. Of course we want it to, to be better uh, than what it is now, but that comes with time and hard work and perseverance and stuff like that. And I know there's probably more things that, you know, Kyler says he could do more of and, of course, I say I can do more of, and Hayden could say he can do more of, and Jacob, and all the people that sort of help us do this, they all, I'm pretty sure if you were to seriously ask them, do you think you can do more to benefit your role in whatever you do with, you know, the podcast or iFilm Cinemas? I guarantee you they all say yes. But it's so easy to get caught up in the the resting part, the the it's you know the the it's sunday we don't have to do anything today attitude i'm gonna take today off we get so caught everyone gets so caught up in that 
and once you do that, you know, for four, you know, you do that three or four times in a row, it's be, it's a cycle now. You expect to, you know, you look forward to that Sunday, that Sunday time of not doing anything, and it's happened to me, and it's it's probably happened to Kyler before too, and it's it's a physically it's a good feeling because you're resting, but when you start thinking about it, like from an aspect of I, you know, I could be doing this right now, but man, I'm resting. It feels great. I bet that's not a great feeling. And I think that's a big problem nowadays, which I guess is, like I said a minute ago, is due to the culture of overnight success, instant gratification. Um, I think that here in the near future, especially Kyler, because I was actually ta- I was talking to my dad about this. I, oh, I want to say maybe like three or four days ago. I think if I remember right, I could be a little off because it is really late when I'm recording this. So my brain is not, you know, 100% there. Um, but I'm pretty sure my dad said something along the lines of when Kyler gets back, I bet he takes things a little bit more seriously. And then it hit me, which was. I agree because, and I hope it's true. And I think it will be true because I've, I've known Kyler since I was 13, 14 years, years old, maybe, maybe 15, either way it goes. That's a 10 year relationship, friendship. And Kyler's, I don't care. Me and Kyler, we're, we're practically, we're practically brothers. I've known him forever. I'm going to know him for the rest of my life. I'm forever attached to Kyler in some way, shape or form. And when my dad said that it, it resonated with me that resonated with me that I, that makes 100% sense because Kyler just had a child. He just brought a human being into this world. And I think it would be a disservice to Kyler and to Kyler's child and his family. If he didn't take things more seriously because doing this and making iPhone cinemas and not your normal podcast and Academy of conspiracy and Kai sports opinion, making that into something like a, a business that keeps growing. Isn't just for Kyler. Like, yeah, of course you want to be able to, you know, go to your high school reunion in 10 years. And you know, you, that's always a good feeling. I don't care what any, I don't care what anyone says. That's always a good feeling. I, I haven't gotten there yet, but, and Kyler hasn't either, but I guarantee those people that, you know, 10 years out of high school and you go back to your high school reunion or whatever. And, you know, you talk to all your old friends that you never talked to and, you know, you ask them what they're doing with their life and all that stuff. And they sound so miserable working a nine to five, you know, raising kids. I bet it's a great feeling and I'm not saying that it should be that way, but we're humans and it's part of our DNA and part of our human nature to sort of feel a sense of accomplishment whenever you, you can say, they go, Oh, what do you do? You go, Oh, I just, you know, in comparison to people working nine to five, you go, Oh, I just, you know, I, I'm CEO or I'm a co-founder of a, you know, a production company, I film cinemas and, we, you know, we produce podcasts and movies and weddings and all the and music and all this stuff. And 
you feel some sort of accomplishment or feeling of success like I did it. And I, I know that happens, and I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I'm also not saying it's a bad thing. But at the same, like what what I was getting to was, I I sort of understood what my dad was saying because it sort of happened with him and me being the oldest of my two brothers. He said whenever he knew that he was having a child, being me. He took things way more seriously because then at that point in time, you realize that you're not just doing it for yourself anymore. You're doing, you're working, you're doing all this extra stuff to make sure that your kid's all right. And with this right here, we have an opportunity to make this into something, you know, bigger than just a podcast that people listen to, you know, twice a week or whatever, that however many times they listen to it there's an opportunity there to make it, make it something bigger that stretches out that maybe, you know, when his kid's older, you know, when he's in those development stages of where he's starting to starting to experiment with what he wants to do with his life, you know, around that 13, 14, 15, 15 year old age, maybe he gets interested in, you know, camera stuff. And if he does great, because, you know, he has a dad that's involved in that lifestyle, gives some sort of an inside scoop, but I think what I was saying, you know, what my dad said, it really resonated with me that I believe him. I believe when Kyler gets back, there's a more of a motivated side to Kyler that even I haven't seen in the 10 to, you know, 11, 12 years that I've known him because his kid's here. He's in the world. It's a real thing. That kid is Kyler's. That is Kyler's son. He is no longer just working for himself anymore. He's working for a family and his son. So he sort of has to. There is no off days anymore. There is no, you know, taking a break. Of course, you can take a mental break every now and then because, you know, burnout is a real thing. But for the most part, I'm looking forward to Kyler coming back and sort of seeing the the progression that has been made in his mindset and in his psyche to where he he wants to push out videos and podcasts and get stuff done and do it at the highest level that we can to make the best possible version of what we can make for all the fans that we have and future fans that we'll make and the future audience members and so you know so forth i'm very excited to 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 see that and you know i say all that wrapping up to the point of going back to the point of this culture that we live in, which is sort of like a late, the laziness, overnight success, instant gratification culture slash era that we live in. I don't think, and me and Kyler have had this conversation. I don't think that, you know, that's a good thing. When that happens, I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for those people, but I don't think it's a good thing for the rest of the general popula- population, especially with. TikTok and YouTube and, you know, TikTok and YouTube basically being the two main ones being so big. I don't think it's a good thing for, you know, someone to upload a video and instantly become they they instantly, you know, in the next couple of days, you get a million views and they're all over the world. You know, within a week's time span, they're making more money in a week than they have, you know, in the past like eight months of their lives. Of course, for them, it's a great thing because they did something that was 
noticeably different to make them to warrant that success. Cool. Kudos. But when other people look at that, they want to copy that that formula and that formula doesn't work for everybody. And this sort of leans on the argument that me and Kyler have, which is, do you think social media is a bad thing? I always, I'm always going to lean towards, I think social media is a good thing. I, you'll, no one will ever change my mind on that. I'll listen to an argument about it, but I'll never change my mind on it. I'm more of the side of it's 51% good and it's 49% bad. And the 49% bad is what I just touched on. But the 51% good part is the, the things that come along with the people that work hard at their craft. And they, they, they have that success that, that took a long time. As I'm pretty sure I did this on the last episode, as Kobe Kobe Bryant said to his daughters and to his family and to the rest of his fans around the world on the night of his jersey retirement, I had you know you have a dream of getting to where you know you sort of have an idea of where you want your career to go and that's your dream, but once you accomplish that dream, you realize what you thought was the dream wasn't actually the dream. The dream was the journey and the work you put in getting to that spot, because you did something that literally no one else wanted to do. You did something that people thought they could do and realized it was either too hard or takes up too much time or you basically you did something that no, you know, that hardly anyone can do, which is be successful in something that you wanted to be successful in and accomplish that. You know, you know a lot of people want to be musicians but they don't want to put in the work or time it takes to be a musician and actually take the, the dedicated route of, you know, taking small shows and they want, they want this overnight success. You know, they upload a song and it becomes a, you know, a radio hit the next day. It doesn't work that way all the time. It works like that for some people. And like I said earlier, kudos to them, but for the most part, it's a journey. And that journey is part of, you know, that story that you, 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 you need to be successful because at the end of the day, when you look back on it, that's what you'll remember most are those long nights that you stayed up or the nights you didn't sleep working on your craft, perfecting it when other people were taking a break. So I think that's all I really had to say on my, my, my serious talk. I'm just I'm excited for Kyler to be back. I'm excited to see, you know, how he's changed in the the small amount of time that he's been gone. You know, he's only been gone for a week, but in that week, his life has changed drastically. I mean, he's had a child. I don't understand. Kyler's 24. I don't I don't see how your life can change any more than that. You brought a human being and <laughs> he literally brought a human being into the world. His offspring a little Kyler, a little a little fella named Shepherd Ryan Durham will be under the care and provisions of Brittany and Kyler for the next at minimum 18 years. So I'm excited to see how that turns out for him. I'm excited to see you know me being linked to to Kyler for the, basically the rest of my life makes me technically linked to his son Shepard for the rest of my life. I'm excited to see where that road goes for Kyler and Shepard and Brittany and that family. I think it, it I think it's going to be a good one. And the day that I have a child, I hope that 
Kyler is just as interested in seeing how that plays out like I am with his son. And so on and so forth. Hayden as well. Jacob as well. Tyler. And whoever else we, you know, we end up getting on the iFilm Cinemas train. I hope it's more more of that instead of a, more more I hope it's more you know, our I guess our business culture is more of that side than an actual business culture, you know, come to work, work this, go home, not talk to him the rest of the day until you see him the next day. I'm sort of running through my topics. I think I covered that one pretty darn well. Um, I think that, oh, I just got a message. Oh, I think she'll be excited to, uh, to hear this. So, uh, my friend Riley, who I've had on a couple times or me and her have done a, a, a podcast together. She's from Canada. She's a singer and she just sent me this audio file and it, I'm going to go on and play it. Oh, actually, no, I'm not. I'm not going to play it. No, I'm not. She just sent me an audio file. I'm going to listen to it off, uh, off microphone and I'll text her about it, what I think of it. And I'll ask her, if, you know, for the episode for Friday if if she wants me to play a little bit a little snippet of it to let her fans know what's uh what's coming thank you riley for sending me that i can't wait to listen to it i think your music is fantastic and great and i'm looking forward to listening to it oh it's late i'm tired i'm so tired oh um i lost my train of thought um this episode's probably going to be a shorter episode Normally we make them an hour, but like I said on the episode last time, talking to yourself for an hour is so hard. Like now I understand why Joe Rogan just has random people on every episode because talking to yourself, I can only imagine what would happen if Joe Rogan tried to talk to himself for the amount of time he records podcasts. His podcasts are like two to three hours. That's insane. I can't even imagine talking. Talking to myself for 38 minutes has been hard. Talking to myself for an hour is impossible. Talking to myself for two hours, there's no chance ever that will ever happen. That's that's the day this podcast dies. Is the day I decide to talk to myself for two hours because that means there's something wrong with me. And if people listen to it, there's something wrong with the people that listen to it because I'm at this point, I'm just rambling on. Um, But... I'm going to go ahead and uh, I guess I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up with uh, with this. Um, If you're a person that, you know, is in the creative field or wants to pursue a pursue something that's not pursued by many. And that goes for, you know, athletes and stuff as well. um, I thoroughly encourage encourage you to go check out some Kobe Bryant videos and listen to him talk about what it takes to be successful in your field. I like how Kobe Bryant puts it, which is you have to be willing to dance beautifully in the box that's you know designed for you, the box that's made for you. And if you don't understand that, that basically translates to me and most people, which is you know, be success, be successful in what you are meant to be successful at. If your calling is football, you know, 
be the best football player that you can be. Don't try to be anybody else. Be the best football player you can be. Basketball player you can be. Baseball player you can be. If you, if your passion and your your heart is leaning towards music, you know, singing wise, rapping wise, whatever, whatever the case may be, be the best version of you in that selected category that you can. Don't try to be anybody else. And but that doesn't, you know, you can't do that without the the work and dedication that you see all these people that are successful in their field, a Kobe Bryant, a Israel Adesanya, a Conor McGregor, a John Jones, um, Quentin Tarantino, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, these, you know, these legends of their, you know, given platform. You don't get that way without crazy hard work and dedication and sleepless nights and, you know, giving up on a few things. Don't be satisfied with, a nine to five job Monday through Friday, seeing your friends on Saturday and Sunday and then repeating the process. Cause that's not going to, at the end of your life, you're not going to feel accomplished by that. You're not going to have anything to look back on and say, man, I, I did it. I, 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 you know, I did it. I, I did what I wanted to do. I think everybody has a passion that they want to do, but one are too afraid to put it out into the world and let people know that's what they want to do. And two people don't want to put in the effort. So for the listeners of this podcast, I hope that you've taken these past two episodes that I've sort of talked about more serious things. And I'm not saying I'm a person that you should listen to, but I am a person that, you know, had a had I had a good job at Starbucks. I had a good job at Starbucks. I was making good money there. I, you know, a bunch of the customers that I don't consider customers, I consider them my friends. I'm friends with all of them. They're great people. And I could have made a good living off of Starbucks for the rest of my life. But I knew that that's not what I wanted to do. I knew that if I just worked at Starbucks the rest of my life, you know, when I'm 60 or 70, that retirement age, I'd look back at it and go, I sort of wasted all my creativity at Starbucks which some people are meant to be baristas forever. I'm not knocking that, but I'm saying for the people that want to do something, you know, something different, something that they feel very passionately about, um, you know, listen that. And if you're a listener of this podcast, that sort of resonates with that. I'm not saying that I'm a person to listen to, but I am a person that, you know, had a good job at Starbucks and I out of the blue quit to pursue something that not many people pursue. And I'm not there yet. Me and Kyler are definitely not there yet. But with my work, you know, my work dedication to to this podcast and everything that we make and produce and Kyler's, you know, his his seriousness towards it and wanting to make it successful. I can only imagine that's going to be intensified knowing that he has a child in the world now. I don't see why we couldn't make it something. And like our friend Austin, our friend Austin, he was on an episode a couple weeks ago. Um, he told me once that he believes me and Kyler have the, the, the stuff to make this podcast, you know, a, you know, a globally popular podcast, something that everyone around the world listens to, like a Joe Rogan experience podcast or something like that. And that, thank you, Austin, because that'll always stick with me and it makes me sort of want to work harder than I do now at making it, making it that, 
but to everybody who listens to this podcast that sort of resonates with what I talked about today, just uh, keep in mind that sometimes you got to put you got to put those ideas out there, put them out into the world because if you keep them to yourself all the time, that's not helping anybody. And then on top of that, you got to put in the work and dedication that goes into making yourself yourself successful in what you want to be successful at. Uh, the cliche is, you know, if you do what you love, you don't ever work a day in your life. And so far, the journey for me and Kyler, I've never felt like I've been, you know, there are days where me and Kyler go, you know, we go start recording at eight o'clock in the morning and we don't get done until like, you know, five or six that afternoon. That's almost a 12 hour day. But at the end of those 12 hours, 10 hours, 13 hours, whatever the case may be, I've never felt like I was working because I love doing this. And I believe that if me and Kyler keep going down the route that we're going, it will pay off eventually. And I want all the listeners that feel the same way that resonate with that message to, to do the same, you know, find something you love and work at it because in 10 years, whenever that's your profession, you won't feel like you're working. You're going to feel like you're doing something you love. That's fun. You won't work a day in your life and you'll, at the end of the day, at the end of your life, you'll be able to look back on it and say, I had a great life. I never worked a day in my life. And I think that's a very powerful message to, to go by and a powerful, powerful way of thinking to sort of live off of. But with that, I'll wrap this one up. Uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. I'm Kyler. I'm excited to have you back uh, on Friday. Uh, I'm excited to see where, you know, this goes now that your life has changed basically forever. Um, my Snapchat is Aaron cross 15. My Instagram is iPhone Aaron, not your normal podcast, Academy of conspiracy and iPhone cinemas productions all on all social media platforms by their given name. Catch me on TikTok too at Aaron cross 40. I post stuff about our videos and stuff like that. And the little skits we make in the podcast and stuff on there all the time. And be sure to go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash NYNP. We have two tiers. We have a $5 tier and a $10 tier. They get you exclusive content and, you know, bonus percentages off of merchandise coming out soon and so on and so forth. Um, thanks for listening again, Kyler. I'm ready to have you back and we'll see you on Friday. Thanks.